The Education Channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit uctv.tv slash education. My name is Charlie L. Morales. I grew up in a Salvadoran immigrant family. I have seven sisters, five brothers, and 20 nephews and nieces. Um, same mom, same dad. And so uh, growing up in San Francisco um, during the 80s, uh, my parents, they immigrated here from El Salvador. And so it was pretty wild growing up because we were very limited on space and it was um, uh, a lot of a lot of siblings. So there was never there was never really much privacy. So we were always out and about, usually in the streets of the park or just trying to um, trying to um, always having fun. I recall from my childhood and uh, just enjoying uh, the culture and life in San Francisco. So as a first generation college graduate, I had to, it felt like I was navigating the education system kind of on my own. My siblings would help here and there, but because my parents were immigrant, two immigrants that came here from El Salvador and uh, five of my siblings grew up or were raised there, uh, we were just, it was trial and error. So they just said, go to school. My mom grew up really religious, old school, traditional Catholic. So everything was like, if you're good with God, you're good with me. And my my dad, because he had 13 children, he was always working. And so they did, um, they, uh, it wasn't as important, but they did emphasize, you know, get an education. But because they were um, immigrants, they didn't really know what that meant and couldn't help me academically. So some of my siblings did help me and some of my uh, siblings did get into like uh, UC, um Berkeley or um, went to college. Uh, on the women's side, uh, they tended to go to college more and did uh, better. Uh, for the guy side, it's it's um, there's there's like uh, double standards in, in in Latino culture, at least for my family. And so they didn't necessarily went to college. Some of them dropped out, and some of them uh, uh, went a different path. And so for me, I knew uh, that I wanted to go to higher education. In the ninth grade, when my teacher took me on a field trip to UC Berkeley and we did like a moot court um, for our final on the campus. And I fell in love with the college uh, culture and atmosphere. I got exposed to UC Berkeley at ninth grade because I went to the campus. I didn't know anything about college then. And then later on, I found out I needed to do something called the uh, the um, A through G requirements in order to qualify to apply. So when I made it to uh, my senior year, I was having some difficulties because I was unmotivated by my senior year. Uh, and I was, uh, uh, you know, navigating through life, I had to deal with, uh, with a lot of uh, challenges such as... Uh, um, uh, my friends uh, getting into gangs, getting locked up, getting into trouble and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But I knew that I started to get into tr- some trouble. And so that kind of that kind of uh, made me realize, like, I kind of was losing hope at that point. But my high school counselor, well, it, was, it was the college uh, uh, designated counselor through a community organization that helped me with the application process. And we really, really struggled through it because I didn't have a computer at home. I didn't have access to technology like that back in 2006. And so I had to go after school and go to uh, the computer lab at on 
at school. And so it was a long process. And even then, um, I didn't really even know uh, UC San Diego was a college that I was uh, anticipating to go to. And so uh, learning how to fill out the FAFSA, all the all the uh, fundamentals in the application process was a long, rigorous process that I had to rely a lot on. Um, my counselor, college counselor, her name was Maria Martinez, which she actually is my neighbor currently, uh, later, way down the future. And so, uh, so it was, she helped me out a lot. And so she still remembers me to this day because I kept going to her for support because I knew that it, I didn't know the process. But so I had to rely on her a lot to guide me through that process. It was a long, rigorous process, it took a lot of drafts, a lot of support. And so I, I, I didn't really know too many people in the college atmosphere that was, that understood that process to help me. So, um, I stuck to, I stuck to her a lot and she helped me tremendously. Yeah. Well, you got to understand that growing up in, in San Francisco, um, they're, um, in the most violent and, and impoverished neighborhoods, under-resourced neighbor, historically under-resourced neighborhoods where I was exposed to a lot of violence, gang violence, drug abuse, um, 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 uh, substance abuse, a bunch of, uh, negative things that, uh, kind of, uh, took an impact on me. But I, I was seeing San Francisco through a small bubble. And so I knew that I needed to get outside of this bubble to succeed. Um, uh, and so once I got into UC San Diego, uh, I applied uh, my 12th grade year in high school. I got in by April. I declared that I was going to attend uh, UC San Diego, but I had no idea where it was at. I had to, I had to, go, I had to, they didn't even have Google. I they had MapQuest, something called MapQuest. And I asked the counselor, I said, hey, Maria, where is UC San Diego? I've never heard of it. They're like, it's on the border by Mexico. I was like, okay. I was like, 500 miles. I've never been outside of San Francisco. And so it was a culture shock when you go outside of your bubble and, and talk to people that come from different parts of the world and even different parts of uh, California. And so, uh, back then I used to wear a, a, a gold grill. I used to wear, uh, um, uh, SF Giants uh, cap. I used to wear a, a tall tee, which is a white tee that goes all the way to your knees. So I wore really baggy clothes back then. And so people didn't, didn't associate myself as a UC San Diego college student once I got there uh, because I looked and dressed different from everybody else. But in a diverse setting, you got to understand people come from all walks of life. And so what I had to, uh, my lived experience, uh, it off, it, I can offer a lot to those different spaces. And so before I even got to UC San Diego, though, my senior year in high school, I failed my AP calculus class. And so because I failed my AP calculus class, it's conditional. And because it was conditional, they said, okay, you failed your AP calculus class and you didn't get over a 3.0. So we revoke your admittance. You can't get in. So what I had to do, the hurdles I had to overcome to get there was I had to re I had to reconnect or contact my professor, my math calculus, AP calculus professor. I had to ask him to retake a final. I had to study that whole summer, retook a final, change my grade, and then I had to write mail that my new transcript to UC San Diego. Uh, I had to put a stamp in it and go to the mailbox and, and send it. And then um, I wrote that letter of appeal. Luckily, my sister uh, that got into UC Berkeley, she got in on an appeal. So she was like, never take no for an answer. And so I learned from her. And so I appealed. And then by August 
I had already enrolled in a community college at City College San Francisco because they start in August. Quarter system, UC San Diego, starts in September. And so I went to class for a few weeks and the, they called. I didn't even have a cell phone back then. Um, they called the house line and they say, hey, can I speak to Carlos Morales? I was like, my mom passed me the phone. She was like, I'm just calling you from the missions to inform you that you got reinstated to the university. Uh, um, can you make it to orientation tomorrow? I said, thank you, Lord. He said, yes, I can make it. And so I hung up the phone. I was like, how the hell am I going to make it 500 miles away to a place I've never been? I printed out on MapQuest the directions and I had to uh, ask my brother uh, very persistently to drive me down there. And so that's what he did. But because um, at that time, um, I pretty much got kicked out the house during my senior year and I lived with one of my sisters. Uh, and so um, I put everything that I owned in three garbage bags because I didn't have a luggage bag or anything. And my brother picked me up and drove me all the way to orientation the next day. And so this was about September, about zero week, right before school started, the last orientation. And so I made it down there. I was actually homeless for a week, but I found one person that I went to college with, I mean, to high school with. Uh, so the one person that I went to high school with, Katie Brett, she somehow I got a hold of her and she let me crash on her couch at Ravel. Uh, and she let me crash on her couch for a week until I found housing on campus. And so that was my first, um, that's how I started my college career from getting accepted to going to UC San Diego. Yeah, so uh, when I went there, I didn't know anybody except for my friend Katie. And so they had different events around campus during zero week. So the week be, uh, leading up to the school to start. And so I went to the different events and I kind of just introduced myself to different people. And then somebody, uh, they connected me, I forgot who, to Oasis so for, um, for uh, uh, tutoring, essentially. And so I got part of that program. I got into that summer bridge program the summer before, but because I got uh, my admissions got revoked, I couldn't go, no longer go to the summer bridge program, which is crucial for a lot of uh, students of color or just first year students in general, because that's the most vulnerable time somebody can uh, has a high probability of dropping out. And so I didn't get to miss, I missed that. So people already knew each other, but I got into another program, which, um, which helped me out there. And then I just kind of met people and I met one, one girl that was from San Francisco somehow. And she introduced me to some other guys, part of uh, a Latino based fraternity called New Alpha Kappa fraternity. And so uh, I met these guys and they invited me to a few different events and they kind of showed me the ropes. And I'm just like, wow, I've never met anybody that to show that really showed me love off the bat. And just, I was just like kind of thrown off by that. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to check out this organization. So I ended up joining a Latino-based fraternity my first year. Um, and then I met a few different uh, uh, people from uh, the Black Student Union. I joined the Black Student Union. So I found, um, I felt like, I felt most at, like um, at home there with the Black Student Union. And so connected with a bunch of people from the Bay Area as well. And so um, and so from there, I just kind of explored and tried different organizations and different opportunities that the college had to offer that I eventually um, I eventually majored in ethnic studies and met my one of my best or, or the most profound mentor 
at that school. And he's actually the provost of Muir College now. His name is uh, Professor uh, Wayne Yang. And so he's the provost there currently. And so back then he was just a, a ethnic studies professor. And so um, I was able to uh, really navigate the space by trying and exploring and having an open mind. And so um, through actively uh, doing that, I was able to um, to uh, eventually succeed and graduate from UC San Diego. So um, I didn't meet Wayne. So I started in 2000, fall 2006. I didn't meet him till about 2009. Um, at my second year of college, uh, so I had I had struggled. I struggled really a lot. Uh, just uh, I was on academic probation, uh, I think three or four times at UC San Diego. So my first year academic probation, academic disqualification, and then uh, I, and then I was I got I got better, but I still needed to improve. So I was still on probation, and so I utilized all the resources on campus. I went to all the tutoring, math and English. I went to um, I went to office hours. I, I studied at the library. You know, I had to learn the fundamentals. Then I was still struggling. And then later down the line, uh, uh, my second year, I, I had a hard time adjusting culturally because again, it's a culture shock being at UC San Diego. And so I decided to take a leave of absence and I went back to the community college, uh, my third year. I mean, my, my sec- second half of my second year. And so I took a semester off. I went to the community college back home. And then I, uh, during that summer, uh, two of my brothers got shot. Uh, somebody uh, attempted uh, uh, um, to rob them, a house robbery, and they got shot. And then two weeks later, I got in a motorcycle accident. And so I uh, fractured my left ankle and I needed to get surgery. And so by that time, I was really bitter and angry uh, in my life. And so that is when I met Wen Yang. Uh, somebody said, hey, take this person's class, uh, meet this guy. This is who you want to meet. So I go to the ethnic studies building. I meet the, I knock on the door of the counselor. She, her name is Yolanda Escamilla, which was another uh, good mentor of mine at that time uh, that I did not know. Uh, and so I first met her and I was, she sat down and talked to me for about an hour about ethnic studies. I had no idea what ethnic studies was at that time. And so I was like, this lady is really nice, but I was like, no, I'm going to do international studies. I want to do business. Uh, you know, I w- wasn't, I was kind of naive and hard headed back then. I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to do things my way. If it doesn't work out, I'll consider ethnic studies. And so she introduced me to Wayne Yang. Um, at that time, I was like, I walked, I had a meeting with him. I know he was, he was a, a, a shorter Asian bald guy. He had, uh, you know, and he wore really, really nice fedora hats and he would walk around with his backpack. So he was really nice. Had a nice, calm, soothing, comfort like uh, comforting voice, and so um, at that time I was really angry, and I was just like, you know what, I hate this institution. Uh, you know, at that time I was like, man, things aren't going great. You know, my brothers got shot. It was really, really bad at that time. I was a really rock bottom of my life at that time, and so he just kept uh, checking in on me and just um, kind of uh, invited me to different opportunities or events that were happening, and so he just, he showed me love, and so. And and so because of that, we grew, our relationship grew into um, like, you know, he would look after me. And I eventually, with the help of Yolanda and Wayne Yang, I was a, I transitioned to ethnic studies and kind of started to uh, um, grow, uh, g- like grow, grow uh, personally develop. 
And so I was able to, um, I was able to transition into ethnic studies and really understand the power of ethnic studies and how it can heal, uh, not just my life, but as it, it grow into a profession or integrate it into my uh, profession, whatever career I chose to, um, pursue. But I did not become what I am now and account, uh, which is a, a college counselor until, uh, maybe six, eight years later after he, he kept planting the seed like, hey, you should consider working with the youth. You should consider you might be a really good community college counselor or college counselor. Like you should. And I told him for many, many years, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and then later down the line, when I finally like, OK, I'm ready to I'm ready for a change. I'm going to I'm going to take you up on the offer again. So he helped me apply to grad school and I got into USC, University of Southern California. And then I got to that program. I did that program for two years, got my master's degree. And now I ended up coming back home in the Bay Area. So now I currently work at three community colleges as the athletic counselor for Merritt College, the promise counselor at Skyline College and EOPS counselor at Chabot College. And so I wouldn't have went on that journey had it not been for the intervention of of people that cared and showed me profound love in, in a persistent manner. And they were really patient with me. When I went to USC, I spent two years there. I worked at um, the Center for Engineering Diversity at USC. And I also got gained an internship at UCLA in the athletics department. And so I was able to get exposed to that. But I met another mentor uh, that worked at the community colleges and he was a vice president at the community colleges. And so he let me shadow uh, him for the day. And I really, really liked the dynamics and I liked the challenge of being at a community college because it's like uh, they're like the underdogs, people that are at the community college. And when you look at it at an equity uh, lens or standpoint, uh, I rather work with the most with this with the people or the students that are the, the, the have the least are usually the last and are oftentimes lost. Because I got to see the world from a global perspective, I knew that I had, um, I felt the compelled to come back to my community and show them what is possible. And so I'm, uh, I, um, my energy comes from the people. Just when you drive a car, gasoline, you got to put gasoline in there instead. What fuels you instead for me, what fuels me is the people, my youth, people that I grew up around. And so being in the Bay Area means that much more to me because I know that I want to see my people win. And so if I'm able to do that and expose that using my privilege and power as a uh, college counselor slash faculty member, now it, it it, it comes full circle because so many times um, I meet a student and I know their uncles, I know their parents, I know we, they know my siblings. So it's it, 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 that that community is a big factor for me. So that's what motivates me. And that's why. Since I mainly work with uh, students at the community college level, um, I let my students know that the formal education, it it's it's not uh um it's not the end of the world. They um the the education grades they don't reflect your 
your potential or your talent. They only reflect your performance. And if you've been historically underrepresented or, or, or under-resourced or, 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 or um, um, have all these the, the systemic racism and, and, and um, um, challenges that have are intensely there, then then you're then um, it, it's not the end of the world. I I want them to know that we love and care about them, and so we're gonna guide them to the same journey to the journey. And everybody's journey is different. And so uh, for me, I want to I want all my students to know before they come see me, you know, through the K, their whole K through 12 experience that they are loved, they're respected and, and we care about them. So that's and that they can they can they can succeed at the higher education level if they wanted to. So because I grew up in San Francisco, um, I am oftentimes in the community through different organizations. So some of the organizations that are or, or um, things that I care about, we feed the homeless once a month through an organization called The City Eats. Um, I am on the, a board member for a summer um, a summer program called Horizons at the Friends School. And so to bridge the learning gap before uh, K through uh, 12 students. And then uh, I also do cultural events through Carnaval San Francisco. And so we uh, we just had an event for uh, Dia de los Muertos, so culturally relevant events. And so what I try to do is understand what our families, what our people experiencing uh, in current times. And so and hearing their voices and then uh, creating programs to kind of uh, to kind of um, um, bridge the gap so that so that when they. Uh, when then I see them on the academic setting, I'm able to holistically understand where the person is coming from so that I could better guide them. And as whether guiding them with the basic needs is huge, huge, huge in, in the community. And so, um, when we are able to, um, give them the fundamental basic needs that they need, food, food, safety, shelter, then that we're able to, um, help uh, students and families thrive so that they can become self-aware and self-actualized and kind of reach their their uh, tap into their potential to get where they want to be. But everybody is on a different path and a different journey and at, at a different point in their lives. And so I try to show love to my community through through being physically present through um through uh, strategically allocating resources that they need and to help them uh, survive. Um, so depending on who I'm speaking to will depend on what I recommend or allocate or kind of uh, propose to them. But I try to do it in a fun, um, in a fun manner where it doesn't have to be uh, a, like in a way that I'm able to incorporate uh, other communities or other stakeholders in the community, such as like if I low riding is big here in San Francisco. So we have people bring out their old school cars and then have a, a show or display their their art or we'll have um, a backpack giveaway uh, before the school starts and we'll have people bring out the jumpers. Some people barbers will volunteer their time to give free haircuts to the youth uh, um, or hairstylist for the for the young girls and stuff. And so 
these are all different ways that that we try to um, invest in our own community so that these students can thrive and then go out into the world and then eventually come back and give back to create a sustainable uh, ecosystem to where we're advancing as a um, as a community and society. So I want to encourage all of y'all to be your authentic selves as you go through your journey, because oftentimes you think you have to act a certain way and it kind of strips from your identity when the opposite should be happening, where you should contribute your authentic selves and all of your intersectional identities so that we can exchange ideas and kind of, uh, you know, enjoying this journey that we're going on. And so that's what connects us at the human level. I'm going to continue uh, building my career in the counseling field, specifically the community colleges, because I think uh, I like the challenge being at the community colleges and um, helping students uh, that fall through the cracks, bridge those gaps so that they're able to have the bridge that they can walk on and get to where they need to go instead of falling through the cracks and going through trials and errors to kind of figure it out and then not eventually hitting their goals. And so for me, I'm going to continue uh, in the counseling field. I eventually want to be a dean of counseling and possibly a vice president uh, of a college um, in California, ideally. And then uh, we'll, we'll see what else has in store for me. Um, I'm already... Uh, happy with the success that I've been having and just being able to change uh, other students' future and kind of uh, propel them and, and catapult them to where they want to go. I think that that is uh, that's fulfilling for me and purposeful. And so because I'm driven by passion and purpose, you know, anything's possible. <laughs>